Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany and this is Table Talk. Uh, this is a place where we get to virtually sit across the table from one another and learn, share stories, ask questions, and learn about courage, faith, and inspiration. I'm really excited about this podcast today because I have my really good friend Stacy Utek on. If you know Stacy, you are in for a treat. If you don't, you are in for a treat. She is one of a kind, you guys, and I'm just so thrilled that we're getting to talk today. We are going to jump right in to the hot topic of singleness, and so put your seatbelt on and buckle in for a really good ride. <laughs> okay, well, hey, Stacey. Um, guys, hey. I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> that we have Stacey on the podcast today because um, Stacey and I met at Bethel when we were going to school. She was my very first friend, my oh. very first friend, um, and we just had a blast together. And so I've asked her to be on this podcast because I think that she's fun, that she brings a lot to the world, and yeah, so we're just going to talk today. Um, yeah, Stacy, will you briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, hello, hello world. Hello, Tiffany's podcast world. This is me, Stacey Utech, coming at you. You know, Tiffany, what's funny when you were just talking about how we met and how we were first friends, the first thing that came to my mind, I don't think you'll remember this. I remember you picked me up to, I didn't have a car for the first six weeks I lived in Reading mm -hmm. and you picked me up for a little gathering we were going to have with our revival group. Yeah. You were and very I first got in the car. Yeah. And we'd only like communicated by Facebook or something. And I got in the car and I was like, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> Cause it's spelled different. And you're like, Tiffany. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I thought just because it was like a different spelling, maybe it's, you said it like a French person or something. I don't know. Uh, hey. But I don't know. Do people ask you that a lot? Yes, people do. And okay. I get Tapani or Tapani. <laughs> I don't think that it's that difficult. Like it's oh. phonetically, like it's just Tiffany, you know? Yeah. But if you want to think I'm French, then that's fine. I'll okay. take it. Tiffany. Our friend Gabriel would say it like that. Tiffany. Oh, I love him. I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm Stacy. Um, and yeah, I'm still living in Reading, working at Starbucks, not living my greatest dreams, but working toward it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm originally from Wisconsin, but moved here from Ohio. So I'm a Midwest girl at heart. And let's see, should there be like a fun fact? Do you want to ask me a fun fact question? How many countries have you traveled to? Oh, I knew this would come up at some point. Yeah, listen, we probably should have this conversation at some point. I have a really large heart for traveling, big heart of love, filled with love. Yeah. Um, I've been to 63 countries and counting. Always, <laughs> always more to explore. Yeah, wait, really quick. What's your next travel plan? Like what's your next country on your list? We'd all love to know that, wouldn't we, Tiffany? With we COVID would. Oh, uh, Okay, I had, you know, sadly, I was going to hit 65 countries last year. I was about to go on a trip to Jordan and Kuwait, mm -hmm. and it got canceled. So I was Summer. really upset by that. So I think I'd love to go back. I'd love to go back to the Middle East. I love the Middle East. And I also have a dream to go on the Trans-Siberian Railway. 
from Beijing to Moscow. It's wow. eight days in a train and no one wants to do it with me, but I think it sounds super fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. So that would be a dream. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's so fun. Yeah. I love it. I would love to do that. I think I would like to go, I know I would like to go to Europe for my birthday. I'm yeah. kind of saving towards it. And we have friends, so many friends in Europe now. We just can couch surf. Yeah. I, I think it's possible. Yeah. So travel might come into this conversation. Hopefully it does because it is a big part of my life. But yes, I'm a big traveler. I love the world. I love the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, we can talk about travel. We can talk about lots of different things. Um, but I would like to ask you, um, people may or may not know this, but you are um, S-I-N-G-L-E, single. And ready to go. We said it at the same time. Thanks. But, I mean, you you are, this has been a process for you. And it's a shocker to me why why you are single, but it's something that I think that you walk in really powerfully and over the last two years have taken like the reins on this part of your life. And so can you talk briefly about that and yeah, just share with the people how to walk powerfully in singleness? Yeah, I would love to. And just stop me at any point if you have questions or thoughts. I could probably talk about it for a long time. So yeah, singleness is an interesting topic, isn't it? And I think especially in the church or among Christians, it feels different. Uh, It feels a bit more high stakes. It feels like dating and marriage is like sometimes idolized and put on a pedestal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also think it's definitely something that God loves and desires and um, takes a lot of joy in Mm -hmm. like good, healthy marriages. So totally. I don't think it's wrong to want that. And I think that's actually something I've, you know, made peace with in my heart over the, in the past few months is like God's desire, like God's desires are actually your desires. Like the things that you want aren't in you just because God's like, Oh, that's sweet that you want that. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I want that too. No, like you are actually exactly like your heavenly father. Like you are because you're made in his image. And so the things that you want are there because they already originated in him. So, so if you have a desire for marriage, if you have a desire for marriage or to be in a relationship, like we're actually hardwired for that stuff. And so it's actually really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some weird mixed messages going on in the church, which I'll probably get to, but yeah, I think I'll start by saying I'm 38 and single and turning 39 in a month, which is crazy because like I first of all, don't feel that elderly. And second of all, no, 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 you know, you're not elderly. If you're in your late thirties, I don't want any listener to feel that way. I was just trying to be funny. You're making a joke. (laughs) The truth is that there is this expectation, especially in your twenties for dating and marriage. And then like, especially for a woman's biological clock, like we want to have children, we want to have a family. So it does feel like as much as you don't want to have a timeline, it starts, you start to feel that. Um, And I, listen, I've wanted to be in a relationship since I was, I remember being in kindergarten and approaching Sam O'Connor, my kindergarten crush. Ooh, Sam O'Connor. Isn't it funny how we remember our, do you remember your first crush's name? Yes, Michael. Oh, see, you didn't, you didn't prove my theory. 
I always feel like people say their first and last name mm. when you talk about your first crush or something. I don't know why. Okay, maybe it's just because, you know, Sam O'Connor. Well, I but, remember what he looked like. He had red hair. And if I thought long enough, I could figure it out. But Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember, you know, approaching him on the playground and telling him that I had, you know, crushed on him, you know. Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, do you think and, we do the same today? Just approach people and say we have a crush on them? Oh gosh. Why does it feel so hard now? Um, you know, I, we'll get to that too. Like I have done that, but it's felt a lot more intense. <laughs> There's something sweet about children. They're just like, I like you. Like they don't have to have a reason why. And they don't have a list of like why they like them or, um, you know, requirements or Ooh. limitations. They're just like, Ooh. I just do. And I'm I like, my toes are getting stepped on. <laughs> I know we could, we could just listen. If we could just return to the heart of a child in our crushes there, I think there's something available for us in that. Like yeah. the simplicity of just saying, I don't actually have to know why I do. I just do. Wow. So sweet. And I love that. I think the older we get, the more we make it more complicated. Yeah. Um, or put our own requirements or lists on things. So anyway, moving on. Um, so, oh no, where was I? So yes, 30, 30, almost 39 and single. And I think there is something too about like the older you get and the less action you get in your life in this area. I think you can start to really turn your eyes on yourself and say, there must be something wrong with me. Um, and rejection can feel painful mm. and it can feel intense and it can feel personal. And when in fact, it's really not all of that. Um, I think I've had to learn in my life. I think I didn't know until coming here to Reading and meeting with a counselor that um, I think that there's a couple of different ways especially if we're talking about Christians, like that Christians can view dating. It's like, um, okay, God is going to bring me someone when I'm ready, or he's going to even, he's going to bring someone to me and I just have to wait and be patient. Um, God knows like when I'm going to meet my husband. So I just need to like wait and be patient. Like there's kind of like this mentality around it. Like I don't have any responsibility in this. Like Oh. I don't actually have to do anything like to yeah. get this thing. It's actually just going to be brought to me. So Ooh. I've lived a majority of my life believing that. Um, do I think that God has a part to play in who you end up with? Absolutely. Like, I think there's definitely a sacred component to this, mm -hmm. but what I didn't realize is that there's a lot of things. I remember hitting a point two years ago where I was like, I haven't been in a real serious relationship up to this point, which is another part of my story too. I really haven't dated very much. And not because I don't think I'm worthy or because I'm not awesome. Like I think I'm all those things. And I think mm -hmm. I've always known that, but I was like, if there's something in my life, that's like, I could change and this thing would change. I want to do that. Like if there's something I'm not aware of that I'm doing wrong, or like I could like shift and this thing will shift in my life. Like I want to know that. Yeah. So I started seeing a life consultant and one of my big, like my biggest platforms I wish I could stand on and scream at everyone about is you should be seeing someone about most things in your life. <laughs> like <laughs> there should be another voice in your life that's looking into your life and it can be a third party, someone who's outside of your experience or whatever, but there definitely should be someone who is like opening up blind spots for you and like hearing your story and getting to notice patterns and bringing those things to you and saying like, 
Hmm. I think it might be this. Okay, let's shift this and see if something changes. And like, it's been fascinating to bring in other mentors and like a life consultant into my life to actually see those things and bring them up. And everything they're bringing to me is 100% true and 100% things I would never have identified on my own. Hmm. So anyway, all that to say, I think like there is something about I'm going to do as much as I can and then the Lord can come in and, and he will come in and do what I can't on my own, you know? So I think that's I'll pause there. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? I just love it. I love the idea of taking responsibility and not sitting and waiting, you know? And I think I would love for that to happen, but it almost takes away my, um, my weight in the relationship mm -hmm. almost if um if I just was brought this platter like whenever you cook food yourself you really love it right mm -hmm. it's different whenever you work for your own money it it is better it costs more when you spend totally. it um so yeah I love that idea and in the Christian world it does feel like we lean on not lean on God, we, uh, we put the blame on God mm -hmm. for not bringing us a spouse when we're hiding in our houses and not going out and meeting people. So, yeah. And I think a lot of that language comes from fear of having to put myself out there, like fear of risk and rejection. And so if we can just blanket that with a statement of like, oh, in God's time, he'll bring someone to me. Like we don't actually have to step outside and do something. It actually doesn't cost us anything. If you're using the terminology of costing you something. Yeah. In like the dating game or this, you know, like singleness journey, like there needs to be a cost, you know, like mm -hmm. there has to be something that you're giving of yourself, like in this process for it to matter, you know? So um, I still haven't, sorted everything out. And oh, and the other thing I think I was, I've been realizing and talking to my housemates about is like the other side of this equation is you're not the only person in this like complex thing. It's like, there's another human being in his own process who's like actively seeking you, probably praying for you, hopefully, you know, like really you are like the answer to everything he wants, but he's in his own process. So like yeah. you could actually be probably fine which most of us, I think 99.999% of us actually have things that we can always actively be working on as we will in marriage. But there's another person in this equation that's like, it matters, like his process and um, the timing of it. And like, so for instance, I have a friend who she's in her late thirties and she was about to give up on online dating, tried to cancel her subscription and with, and they could, wouldn't let her. And two days later, guy messages her two months later they're engaged and he is a widower of like five years and five years ago she was actively like wanting to be with someone but the man she ends up with like was married yeah then. you know what I mean and so I think there anyway that's maybe a little bit of a side note but I think like there's so many elements in the equation of singleness that it's like yeah it can be complex but it can also be simple mm-hmm well, I love what you said earlier about the children. Children just state their mind, right? They just say, 
I want to, I want to be your friend. I want to play with you in the playground. And there is an element that we learned about social interaction and what happens if I put myself out there and they don't want to play with me. And then mm -hmm. something personal about me. And that's actually not true. And so we've taken it. And in reality, we're, our, our list is too long. And I mm -hmm. think that the Lord is so good and faithful that he more times than not, actually, I'll take, I take it back. I've never met somebody who has said I had a list and there's some things on here that God didn't, didn't mm -hmm. perform. And I'm really upset about it. If, mm -hmm. if they say something to that effect, it's always, he didn't match my list, but he was so much better. Yeah. And so a part of me is like, okay, let's ditch the list and let's see like who we have chemistry with and move from there. But yeah, it just feels like it's a little bit harder, but I love the timing that you're talking about because you're right. There is a real person who is praying for me, who is praying for you, who is taking active steps to date us, to marry us, who's praying that we are who we are. You know what I mean? There's a real person yeah. out there and by our active participation in this journey and God's divine hand, like it all will mix yeah. and happen at the right time. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right on. Like the timing is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that, that, um, part about like you working on yourself or like <clears throat> growing and developing as a human being, I think one thing that can be tricky is we can start to believe that, okay, as soon as I have this thing okayed in my life or I have it figured out, then that person will come totally. or like, I'll be ready. And I, I think that's like an interesting conversation to have is like, are you ever really ready? And I think we also can have this weird reward system thing of like, I'll do this work on myself as soon as I have it like figured out and perfected, the reward is a husband. 100%. When in fact, the truth is we want to discover pieces of ourselves that aren't actually in alignment with who we are and yeah, like bring them back into alignment for the sake of our lives. And because like a husband will come in and I don't think, I've, listen, I have enough married friends to know that marriage isn't the fix. Marriage is actually a yeah. mirror that shows you even more like <laughs> your flaws and shortcomings. And yeah, you get to be a part of each other's processes, but like, it's going to only bring more complexity into the equation. Like, mm -hmm. so for me, as I'm discovering things about myself, it's like, yeah, these things do have an effect on my dating life and my marriage, my upcoming marriage. But like, I want to know these things and have these things revealed to me so that I'm in alignment with who Stacy is, like who I actually am and how I'm supposed to be in this world and show up in this world. Like this yeah. is not for the reward of a husband. Like this is so that my marriage will be more rich, but also my friendships will be more rich and my communities will be more rich that my vocation will succeed and like flourish and be dynamic. And the more in line with who I am, like I will attract those things. You know what I mean? So 100%. That's the key. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And amen. Yes. I want to say a phrase, Tiffany, right now and see what you think of it. Because I think this is an important thing we need to talk about. Okay. 
Okay. I have manifested everything that's happened in my life. Like I personally have brought that thing. Do you agree or disagree? I would lean more on disagree, but also have no thoughts. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm reading this book on financial prosperity and he talks about this a lot, but he says in every area of our life, this is true. And it is hard to wrap your head around because he talks about like people he's known who have been in car accidents or have had like these tragedies happen to them. Mm -hmm. But he talks about like choices and choices that we've made in our lives that lead to a thing. Um, so that's probably a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. But what I do want to talk about is like, I think that our mentalities, beliefs, behaviors, attitudes that we've had that could potentially contribute to why we are still single. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think, again, this falls on the personal responsibility side of things is like discovering what you have like, what beliefs you've come into partnership with that have contributed to you either like not welcoming or having that thing come into your life. Like, cause I could think we could all say with our mouths, I want to be in a relationship, mm -hmm. but there are things that we do in our lives or beliefs that we've agreed with that don't like bring that thing in. So yeah, like the feeling of unworthiness or in, like insecurities around like how you look or like for me and a couple other people I know, like we only treat men like friends. And so the manifestation is men only want to be my friend, you know? So yeah, yeah, there's definitely like thing, like beliefs, attitudes, behaviors that I think can contribute to that too. So yeah, this might be going down a, a hole we don't even want to follow, but I think it's worth saying that because I think a lot of people could be listening and be like, I have no idea why I'm single and they don't want to be. And they keep saying like, I don't want to be single. I want to be in a relationship. But the truth is that there are actually things like beliefs that you've had your entire life that could potentially be a part of like why you are single. And yeah. And I think the church is quick to come in and sometimes cover up and say like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Like it's just a matter of timing and like somebody's going to come and see you for how great you are. But then those people get into marriages and their marriages are rough because they still have that belief. They still have that belief right. in them. So yeah. It goes into like every part of your life, right? Because if I, right. if I believe that I'm rejectable, then I will mm -hmm. behave that way and it will give people some sort of license to treat me in a way that I already believe about myself. Totally. And so it, it's all about like renewing your mind, right? Like, and because you'll behave out of what you believe. Sure. I mean, I guess maybe I agree with you and just, yeah, I haven't ever heard that sentence before, but I, I think that it's true in, in all facets and single. Oh my God, so true. Right. Like yeah, it catches every area. Yeah. Right. I remember, I think I was in first year at Bethel and I had this, like we were in worship one time, I, I think, and the Lord just reminded me of, um, of being in high school and people would tell me, oh, you're just single because guys are intimidated by you. Mm. And so I started believing, oh, I'm intimidating. And mm. so that would, I would choose to 
make my behavior not so intimidating. Mm. I was likable. Totally. And in reality, that's so twisted, right? And so I just went through this process of like, okay, I am not intimidating. And if anyone is intimidated by me, then not my responsibility. So I'm not going to minimize behavior so that I'm likable. I'm already likable. I can be my full self. Nothing is really intimidating about me. And guys will not be intimidated by me. And just like reworking that because I'm sure that I was maybe giving off, quote, a vibe that I'm intimidating maybe. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I guess we won't know like this side of heaven, like what the equations all matched up to be. But I think that what we believe about ourselves matters so much, especially in this realm, right? Like, yeah. If I believe that I'm fully accepted and fully approved, then I won't have a problem telling the guy that I'm interested in, I'm interested in you or yeah, sure. I like you on the playground. Yeah, totally. And, and I think one of the biggest trips most people have is insecurity over the way they look physically. And a lot of people don't actually believe that they're worthy like to be loved for every piece of themselves. I think we could all pick out something that we're not pleased with, like on our bodies. Um, And that thing can manifest and actually repel men rather than welcome them in, welcome them in. And you can cover it up as much as you want or like wear different clothes or put on makeup. But like if the belief system, like the hard wiring in you says like, I'm not beautiful, I'm not worthy to be loved. Like that thing is actually going to be like felt by men and women around you. I mean, think of people in your life, like who you don't know why, but every time you're around them, like you feel like you want to reject them. It's because there's something that they've already rejected in themselves and that's what's coming off them. And then you actually want to reject them. You might not say that with your words, but you feel that in their presence. When you get around someone and you're like, I don't actually want to be around you. And I don't know why, like there's something in inside them that's coming out it could be an insecurity or a belief or whatever um, that people feel. And I think that's one thing I learned, you know, through counseling is like, this is real for me- like men for real. Like there's like a radius that you give off. Like it is actually in the quantum, in quantum physics, there's actually a thing of like, I think it's like up to six feet is like around you, like the energy that you give off. Like, I, I don't care what you think about this thing. I've been reading books on like the quantum <laughs> realm. It's, fascinating just pick up a book before you decide to just like brush this whole concept under the rug because there is something about it that is real and like you're giving something off that other people are picking up on and then I think the the thing for me I know specifically was that like victimhood came into the whole thing like Mm -hmm. or being a victim is like I'm a victim of my circumstance this never happens for me Mm -hmm. men don't want to date me why like I'm great I don't understand but there was actually a hardwired belief system in me that like with a few different things that I'm learning about that is something I was vibing you know and so yeah I think it's Super interesting, but yeah, it, it, so much of it is, there's a lot of stuff about beliefs. So yeah, I, so I don't want to like, um, I don't want to like talk about all this and make people feel like super introspective all of a sudden and insecure about like, oh no, there's something wrong with me, like, and go inside and be like, what do I need to fix? I think for me, the journey has been as like, I've, as I've been journeying, especially with the Lord in this area, I've just been open to his feedback. And like, so I'm not going and looking for the thing that's wrong. Yeah, I'm like waiting and partnering with him and in relationship with him. And like, 
the Lord knows when he gets to come in and be like, Hey, have you looked at this thing? Like, Hey, did you see this thing? And sometimes that's his voice. Sometimes those other people coming in and saying that to me. And then as those things come into my awareness, then I get to like, think about it and go back into my history and be like, when did I first start believing this thing? So I think like maybe a word of caution or like whatever it might be is if you want to be in a relationship and it hasn't happened for you yet, or you want to be married and it hasn't happened, I wouldn't actively go running into yourself and like saying, what's wrong with me and what can I fix? But I would definitely like ask for feedback from friends. And like, if you know the Lord, like ask him, yeah, like ask him questions and invite his feedback. Like he's a really good counselor and he'll like bring things to your attention. And when he does, don't push it away. Look at it, observe it, This is interact so with it. Yeah. Like, so I think I want, I said a lot of things and it's just been a part of my own process, but I don't want to like make it so intense. Um, well, Cause it really is a journey, right? Yes. And I think I want to invite people to take this journey. I think I, this is why, this is one reason why I love being your friend is because you've taken so much responsibility in your life to go after many different areas and this being one of them. And so I think sharing your journey is so important because it, it invites other people to take the same. Yeah. And in our Christian bubble, there is a dating culture in every church. Mm -hmm. And if we can lower the stakes generally, if we can learn to take our own responsibility and teach other people to take their own, take active steps and invite feedback into their life. I mean, I just feel like we can win in this and that's the goal. Um, I loved your point about feedback and can you talk some more about taking feedback? Like who is allowed to give you feedback in this area and what are you doing with that? I, I love that point. And, um, I just feel like feedback is a gift Mm-hmm. to us whenever we take it and we trust the people who love us enough to give us feedback and love us enough to to see the areas that we don't see right yeah it's a good question because uh, you have friends who are going to come around you and like coddle you in this area or like say a lot of things that are fluffy mm-hmm. and feel good and like I guess that's well, yeah, it's not helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful. I think what it's you want helpful. are the people, what? I said, let's not be those people. Yeah, it feels good. It's like, oh, Tiffany, you're amazing. Like, you're incredible. You're going to be such a good wife and mom. So they, all true things. But when there's no, like, insight into your life and, like, challenge and provoking thought in you as to, like, things that, you know, that you, you could get to look at in your life. Like, I'm not sure that's super helpful. And I think for most of my life, people just revered me and looked at me and were, would be astounded at why I wasn't with someone, but then would never set me up with anyone or never like poke in and question things like attitudes or behaviors or things that I would or wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, like I actually had a, conversation with my mentor this past week and he's he's gifted in spiritual discernment so I really value like 
his perspective and he doesn't come with it if he's not for sure, for sure about things, but he presented some things to me that were like, when he said them, I'm like, crap. <laughs> True. I'm so You're fine. Um, yeah. And so I, I got to hear some pretty honest feedback about the way I interact with men on my team and, um, how I treat them. And then also like some weird beliefs I have around men that I should or shouldn't like, or yeah, like requirements and, um, stipulations and yeah so I think there and I don't know where all these things are coming from and then like some fears that he picks up on in me and so I think it's just been like you don't have to deep dive into those things but I he was encouraging me to just start with honesty and then like move in honesty in my life and like like with yourself with yeah with myself and with others and so that can look as practical as like hey there's this guy I'm like intrigued by and he's maybe not everything on my list we're throwing away that list apparently, but I'm going to move in the opposite spirit and say, I'm not going to be afraid of asking him for coffee, but I'm going to do it. And I don't care if it's the man or woman's responsibility to do these things. Like Ooh. getting honesty, getting yeah. honest with myself is saying I'm intrigued by him. And there's like a little seed that I feel like is planted and is growing. And um, yeah, so I'm going to take a step toward him and not run away you know? Not run away. What a word. Because <laughs> I think we run away because of fear and, you know, like rejection, like the whole thing too, this big revelation of like, rejection actually doesn't have to be painful. Rejection only hurts when it's tied to your identity. Say that again. So, yeah. Rejection doesn't have to hurt. Yeah. Only so when it's tied to your identity. Yeah. When it's like, when you feel like it's offending who you are or like it's, when it's painful, that means you, it's too tied to who you are, or you're saying it's because of me or something's wrong with me, or he doesn't like how I look or, you know what I mean? Like, and so, yeah, I see, <laughs> I had this revelation a couple, sorry, we're kind of moving into a different territory, but I, I had this revelation a couple of years ago that rejection is actually being chosen because you're actually being chosen for something else. Mm, I like it. So rejection when it doesn't feel painful is actually choice. So think about the last time you felt rejected from a job or a human, especially let's talk about a human since we're talking about relationships. If you felt rejection from a man, it's because there's a different choice for you. Like you've actually been chosen for someone else and there's someone who's been chosen for you. And so rejection's not painful because it's actually just a signpost. It's like an arrow pointing you in the right direction. And so if you choose to like let rejection be your friend instead of your foe, it will actually come to serve you. Like rejection is a servant and you have to have a relationship with it that's positive. So wow. even rejections from like jobs or things like that, like that's not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Get out of there. Don't do that thing. Like it feels painful because you're like, oh, there's something wrong with me. They didn't want me. Like why? And then you can go inside and be like, oh, why do I suck? And like, that's actually not your job. Your job is to embrace rejection. You go and you give it a big hug and you're like, you're my friend. Thank you. Thank you for redirecting me. Like you're a positive wow. influence in my life. Wow. You're not tied to my identity. And so every time I feel rejected from someone, or I like put myself out there and then it doesn't like work. It's okay. Because, you know, me and my roommate were having a conversation the other night because she's been through this thing with a guy and he doesn't see her that way. And 
he doesn't want to go on another date. And I'm, she works at an ice cream store. And I'm like, Emmy, oh, sorry, Sarah, whatever. <laughs> um, you work at an ice cream store, right? Do people come in sometimes and like want to taste all the flavors? Like this is me at an ice cream store. I'm like, can I try like 20 different flavors? Cause I cannot decide. Right. At the end, they purchase one scoop. If you're me, you ask them to divide it into two different flavors. Fine. But let's just talk about like the person who comes in and decides on one scoop. They've tried like five or six different flavors, but they chose one. They're not like the ice cream that they rejected is not sitting there like, why'd you reject me? The person just wanted a different flavor. They liked that flavor better. So like they chose and committed to that flavor. So for me, like dating romance, like you might not be someone's flavor, but you, you are someone's flavor. You know yeah. what I mean? So anyway, the whole I rejection piece. Perspective. I love yeah. it so much. The this whole rejection piece has got to change in Christian dating and in dating in general. Like you, we can get so fixated on a story that we create of like, this is how it's going to go. And this is how I see this. And especially women can fantasize quite a bit about like, oh my gosh. And then we're going to go on all these dates. And then he's going to like, wonder what our names sound like together. You know, like, it's just, yeah. it's interesting. But um, when it, when the rejection comes or like, if the other party is not interested, then it can feel so personal mm -hmm. when it really doesn't have to. And you get to just move on towards the next thing. You know what I mean? Like move forward into the next thing that yeah. could be the thing. So does that make sense? It makes so much sense. I love this perspective and I, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Can we talk really briefly about what is the difference between dreaming and fantasizing? Oh yeah. So yes. Question? Like, continue. Well, I mean, as you're saying that, I'm like, okay, well, I dream about what what my marriage will be like, or the traveling mm -hmm. that we'll do together, and what will my mm -hmm. home look like. Totally. When, when does it cross the line into unhealthy fantasizing? Yes. Okay, listen, I wouldn't have had an answer to this a week ago, and this is not even my answer. This is my mentor's answer because we talked about this exact thing this week. You know what? It's still messy in my mind. I don't have, I might not be able to articulate it super well so we can talk it through. But what he said is that for, for anything in life to come into a manifestation, to actually become real, it starts with a dream. It starts with an idea. So think about anything that you've actually executed in your life or that's come to fruition. It's always typically started as like, I think I should do this. And then you start dreaming about it. Yeah. So Tiffany, when you decided to move to California, you're like, yeah, obviously God was like calling you here, but like at some point you had to pack your bags and you had to like dream about where I'm going to live and what this is going to be like. I wonder what my community is going to be like. And you have this idea of like what I want to have and create and cultivate when I move there. Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of those things probably came into manifestation. Like some of those things were probably surprises, but like for yeah. things to actually come into fruition, it does need to start as a dream. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about like vision boards and, yeah. um, dreaming about what your marriage can be and what you want your home to look like. Like those are super important and like visualization for any like business person or like, you know, entrepreneur, they talk about that a lot. Like they'll get up every day and actually spend time visualizing what they want to happen in their lives. And so I think when it comes to like marriage and even let's even get really personal, like someone you like, like a specific person with a face and you like girls can start fantasizing I, what my mentor said is dreaming is important and even fantasizing can be a po like a positive contributor to your dreams coming true if you do it as far as the invitation has come to you. So from the other party. So like 
there's kind of this unspoken invitation you might be feeling from someone that like you can start dreaming like I wonder what it'd be like if he asked me out I wonder if like what it would be like if he looked over at me and like smiled and I could feel his energy and his attraction like you have to start dreaming about those things and like letting that thing boil up inside of you mm -hmm. um I think that's an important piece of it. Now, fantasy, I think, can be like going crazy and like dreaming of, you know, like the specific person and like all the ways your life is going to be complete with him and like the marriage you're going to have with that specific person and how, you know, like your community is going to come around you. Like, I think that can get into some dangerous territory because the invitation hasn't come from him to like be dreaming to that extent. Yeah. But I think like, there is a component of dreaming and being like, we can keep returning to this analogy of like being a little girl who I like this boy. So I'm going to tell him, or I'm like this boy. So I'm going to go sit by him. You know, like we stop doing that. Like we stop, you know, like talking about boys we like out of fear of sounding boy crazy or, you know, like, do we invite that back? Like as older women, like who want to be married and want to have a thriving relationship, like, there has to be a childlikeness and a dreaming and yeah, like attraction and not for any reason. Like I just am, I don't know why, but I am. And then getting to like express that mm -hmm. as far as you can, you know, like, right. Yeah. What do you think? What are your, what's your perspective? Well, I just, I've never asked this question before and I've never ventured into looking at the difference of it because they seem like the same thing. Mm. almost feels like one they have different root systems like yeah that's true one of them dreaming feels like I'm trusting the Lord I'm dreaming with him mm -hmm. and it feels pure and it feels safe fantasizing feels like it's dangerous it feels like it's out of my territory so even though I'm dreaming 10 years ahead I can also be fantasizing 10 years ahead. Sure. Um, but fantasizing almost feels like it's not partnering with God. I think mm -hmm. dreaming with God, that feels right. But fantasizing mm -hmm. about nothing impure. Like I'm not, I want to say that we're yeah. not talking about like weird like sexual fantasy. Yeah. We're not talking about that. Like thinking, obsessing too much over a certain person over mm -hmm. the cute look he gave you mm -hmm. and and it feels like you're making up thoughts about him and making up narratives that haven't been expressed sure but dreaming feels like it's just different I think I want to flesh this yeah. out more because it's it's so close that it's different mm -hmm. but yeah fantasizing um can be really dangerous and I think honestly that's why it's important to have people around you to say, let's back up a little bit. Like things feel like you've been talking about this guy for a long time. I don't mm -hmm. think he's asked you out, has he? We don't need to be thinking about totally kids or how much fun it'll be when you're doing X, Y, or Z. Like we haven't gotten to the first step yet. So, and maybe dreaming has your focus on God and fantasizing doesn't. Mm. Maybe dreaming um, has my trust in God's faithfulness and fantasizing is 
being a lone orphan and not having a good father to take care of me. Like, Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think you're right in a lot of ways. I think, um, I think there's something about dreaming that feels like it's focused in the way of these things. I'm, I want them to come into existence. And so I'm specifically dreaming toward bringing it into a reality, like Mm -hmm. that there's a focus nature to it. Fantasy kind of, I think that some, let's see, because I don't think all fantasy has to be bad. I think fantasy can also be like, the word fantasy almost feels more whimsical and like um, dreamy, like dreamy, not dreaming, but like thinking of something that like, like meditating on frequently, something that you're not sure for sure it'll come into reality, but it just feels fun to think about. It feels a little bit more like reckless maybe with your, like you're not, you don't have as much control or focus as, yeah. So I think maybe there are some times where it might be appropriate to fantasize. I don't know. I I think I'm thinking about this too now. I've not really put a ton of thought into it. Gosh, I wish you could pull our audience, see what they thought. (laughs) Because I think that, but I think at the end of the day, dreaming is something that we do have to, we do need to do like it is imperative for our future to dream I agree I think sometimes I can feel really hopeless being 28 Mm -hmm. and single and feeling like oh when I was 20 I definitely thought I would be done having kids by 28 I thought three I was married at 21 like I was for sure set on this life that I really thought I would have And it's easy to feel hopeless and disappointed and discouraged, but there's a part of dreaming that gets your hope up again. That's like, oh, this is Mm -hmm. possible to dream about myself in a wedding dress. Like this is the ring I want. And just letting hope come alive again with God in that process and not dipping into, oh, this is so sad. I can't believe this is a for me. And just like totally back some ground in hope and trust in the Lord that this is the story that he's making for me. And I'm, I'm actually. Totally. Yeah. I mean, if there's a poster child for hopelessness, I'm 10 years ahead of you. I'm like, holy crap. I definitely thought I'd be married with lots of kids by now, living my life. Um, and I think hopeless, like we need to probably talk about hopelessness because that's one thing I think I've been thinking a lot about recently is that hope is actually not, it doesn't fluctuate. Like it's not dependent on my circumstances that informs my hope. Like when I'm having a good day, I feel hopeful. When things are going bad, I'm hopeful. Like it's actually who you are. Like, hope has already been given. Hope is already inside of you. It's just how much we actually believe that we're taught like tethered to hope. Like the, it's the belief that wavers. It's not the actuality of what it is. And so I think when we talk about disappointment in this area, it feels very, per- like, again, it feels very personal because it feels so much like it's like so dependent on us to like get it right and to do it. And if it's not happening, then we're not doing it right. Or there's something wrong, you know, like, but yeah, hope is there. Hope is available. Hope is already inside of us. And um, yeah, dreaming with the Lord and like 
mapping it out or like printing pictures of your dream home and like how you want, like I just did this recently. I created a vision board where I like printed out pictures. I Googled images of families and marriages and couples and only chose the pictures that sparked something inside of me where I was like, that's how I want it to feel. That's what I, like there's a picture of a family sitting around a, to, a table with Santa hats on and they have sparklers and over the turkey. I'm like, that's beautiful. Like not, not many people want that, but like Stacy wants that. I want to light up sparklers at the Christmas table. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I, so I put that picture on there and I'm like, okay, God, I'm dreaming about my family that someday I'm going to light up sparklers with my family. Like we're going to have traditions. We're going to have values in this, these areas. And I'm going to partner with my husband. Who's going to bring his set of values and traditions and desires. And we're going to create something explosive in this family. And like our marriage is going to look like this. And we're going to value these things in our marriage. And like, again, that dreaming is like a reminder of what your portion is. Like you don't actually get second best in this area. And I think the older you get, especially me, like I start to think of like, gosh, am I only going to get married now to people, somebody in their forties with children? Oh my gosh. So sorry. Um, am I only going to get married now to somebody in their forties with a set of children, which would not be a bad thing, but I think like I can start to like have all these weird beliefs that like, I'm not going to get my first choice. And that's not true at all. Like, even if it comes in a different package age wise or children or no children or like whatever, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be my very best. You know, it's going to be your best, Tiffany. Like you're not, you didn't miss it. And I think like in this whole conversation of things we can do and partner with and belief systems and hope and disappointment, like the truth is that you can't get it wrong. Like with all that considered, like there are definitely things we get to contribute and partner with and go towards to improve our life in every area, relationally, vocationally, everything. But at the end of the day, you're like, whether you're married or not and to whom is like already set. It's already determined. Like, and different people have different ideas of this, but this is my own belief. It's like, you just can't mess it up. Now, can you delay the process? Yes. Like, I think that's for sure there. Um, but if you're meant to be married, you will be, it's just a matter of when, you know? So I think we get to just get excited about that and feel hopeful. And I have a quick like testimony. I met a woman a couple of years ago, actually, when we went on our missions trip to San Francisco, I think you might remember this. It was Steven's sister. Yes. Yes, I do. She was married at 49 and never had date, had really, had never been married, didn't date very much. And she and I had a quick conversation and she was like, I would wait another 40 years for him. Mm -hmm. Like, she's like, he's exactly what I wanted. And he, our marriage is exactly what I dreamed of. And um, she's like, I almost gave up multiple times. Mm -hmm. And she just said to me, she's like, it's a journey of trust. Like at the end of the day, do you trust your heavenly father? Like, do you actually trust mm -hmm. that he has your best in mind? And do you trust his plan for you? And you get to partner in that and walk with him in that. But like, trust is a big part of this equation. So Ooh. I'm like, gosh, if I was 45, 46, I'd be like, well, guess I'm going to be single the rest of my life. But here we go. Home girl. She married 49, loving her life. Min ministry's thriving. Life's thriving. You know what I mean? So yeah. 
we got to throw out the timetable and the expectation culturally that you have to be married and have kids by a certain age and it has to look this certain way. Like yeah. that will trip us up. So. Oof. I think, I think that we have covered it, Stacey. I'm going to read oh, this. We can scratch the surface. You know what I'm saying? Listen, we really have. I feel like there's so much more here. And personally, I feel really <laughs> hopeful around this topic just from yeah. talking to you today. And Aww. I really hope that anyone who listens to this podcast walks away with a sense of hope that they're not going to miss out, that they're not getting second best, and that totally. we can steward this season well, trusting that we are taken care of. Yeah. I think I want to add one more thing. Add it. And that's like a little challenge or, you know, challenge, what do they call it? Um, challenge by choice. Okay. <laughs> or whatever you feel like the Lord is moving in you to do. Um, if you and a couple of your friends feel similarly in this area, I would challenge you to get together on a semi-regular basis and start contending for it, praying for it, believing for it, edifying each other in it. Me and a group of four other girls, uh, three other girls, three or four. Anyway, um, we just started getting together biweekly and we're praying for our husbands every other week. And not only that, but just confronting beliefs that are, oh my gosh, so sorry. And just confronting beliefs that have not served us and are not being helpful and bringing things into the light and taking care of things. And then just like actively praying for husbands. So I would say like, there's a lot of women and men who this is something they want in their lives. Like go for it, contend for it, ask for it. You know what I mean? Like get around other believers who want this too yeah. and then do it together. I don't, I think it's an amazing gift we have in community to continue to like, yeah, advocate for each other, cheer each other on and be each other's cheerleaders in this. So Thanks. yes, that's all I have to say. I mean, there's always more, but for now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for yeah. sharing all your wisdom. And oh, totally heck all your heart I just yeah I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful for your friendship oh Tiffany thank you yeah so this podcast is called table talk and I want to ask you a question if you could throw a party breakfast lunch or dinner but around the table there's no budget but you're throwing it tell me about the party is it Who's coming? What are they dressed as? What's the menu? Oh my gosh. Tell me all the things. Wait, money's not an issue and I'm throwing a dinner party. It can be dinner party, a brunch party, or a lunch party, okay. but it's around the table. This is tough. This is tough. This is tough. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So for me, if you haven't picked up on this, I'm a flaming extrovert. <laughs> Like Tiffany knows this when me and my friend Gabriel share a birthday month, not even a birthday. We threw like a raging party at my house. Like some people are like, I just want a small intimate gathering for my part, my birthday party. Not us. We want the bit, we want the walls falling off the house. Like the amount of people who are there and then the amount, like how loud the music is and we want presents and we had pinatas, you know what I mean? So like, okay. So that's where my mind's going. First of all, you're laughing because you know, it's true. I know it's true. So, I mean, it, to me, for me, it's in some like gorgeous 
cabin in the mountains of Switzerland and it's just like overlooking this gorgeous turquoise water and snow-capped mountains and then as the night falls like we have this big outdoor gorgeous setup with like wood tables and like Tiffany's like garnished everything beautifully with her hospitality gift and her like charcuterie boards and she's there helping me pour the wine and then we have like you know, honestly, I'm like, bring, you know, bring a friend. Like, I don't even have to know everyone. Like, you know, like everyone who wants to come, we're going to send a private jet and we're going to pick you up from anywhere in the world. Like all my best friends are coming from all around the world. And then they get to bring a friend and the table is like 3000 feet long and um, it's just set beautifully. And we have servers and we're eating like some kind of beautiful steak and cheesecake probably like <laughs> you know honestly like the dessert cart comes around and it has every dessert you can ever dream of and you just pick whatever you want yeah. oh no you know it's not steak it's like made to order food like you could have anything your your mm -hmm. heart dreams of like we just have these like five-star chef like michelin chefs in the kitchen and they're just cooking up a storm anything you want and then you know like i clink the glass and we all like cheers and hurrah and then we have dinner and then there's like a big dance party in our cabin and then we have a sleepover and it turns into breakfast the next day waffles obviously <laughs> those, who can, those who can take it you know that sounds extreme but it actually sounds super fun and then there's another side of me that's like i do just want like my five best friends in the world like around a little tiny dinner table and like a shack somewhere in the middle of antarctica you know so yeah you know here we are Oh, well, do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel stressed out when I no. say that dinner party? No, I'm dreaming with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm imagining all of it. The only question I have is what's the weather like? If we're in Switzerland and we're- Oh, it's beautiful. Like maybe a, like enough for fall sweaters and chunky scarves, you know, yeah. and jeans and boots and stuff. Like I want the fall weather. Yeah. So it's like a little bit, it's maybe like in the seventies during the day and then it drops to like a, like 68 degrees at night. <laughs> Because wow, I obviously have control over the weather. Um, <laughs> oh, I love this party. I'm really, I hope that you throw it one day. I mean, I think I probably will. actually possible. So it's true. There's a big cabin on my vision board in the mountains. So, okay. And we have friends in Switzerland. <laughs> we do. Well, Stacey, thanks for talking today. I feel, I feel like we could do this again, honestly. I'm Great. just, again, thankful for your friendship. Thank you for all. Thanks, Tiff. Yeah. So good to chat with you. Table Talks with Tiffany. Get your friends to um, subscribe and listen. Leave a five-star rating mm -hmm. if it's on your heart to do that. You're yeah. probably going to say all those things, but I wanted to say them for you. <laughs> Thanks. You're all welcome. Right. Bye. Bye.